Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Armando's Amigos podcast show, where I interview my friends about things that interest them. On today's show, we have Alex Shapiro, a photographer and videographer from Johannesburg. And I've had the privilege of being friends with Alex for the past couple of years, and he's really given me really good insight and advice in the photography field. So without further ado, here is the podcast with Alex Shapiro. Good morning, Alex. How's it, bro? What's happening? I'm good. How are you today? Good and you, man. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, it's so nice to hear your voice again. It feels like it's been forever. Dude, it really has been forever. I think the last time I saw you was over a year ago. Over a year ago. I think it was at your photography workshop. Yeah, man. That's literally... Oh, it's George. Yes, it's almost a year ago. Can you believe it, 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 Time flies. Man, I miss your face, dude. <laughs> I missed your face. Well, at least we have this awesome opportunity now to, uh, to chat over this podcast and, um, and connect a, a bit, a, a, well, a little bit again, which is really awesome. Yeah, man. I'm super keen. Thank on goodness it. for technology, hey? Yo, dude, technology for the win. <laughs> yeah. Dude, where are you? Uh, right now, I'm sitting on my couch in my house in Hoodsbreit. On your couch in your house in Hoodsbreit. That's that's awesome, dude. Is that where you are for the lockdown? Yeah, yeah. So Kirsten and I decided we're going to stay home um, and pretty much just lock down at home because, um, like, we've got a quite a bit of freedom here. Like, we can still go for like game drives and walk around the yeah. the farm and stuff. So it helps. It's not a bad place to be trapped for lockdown. No, dude. I mean, it's it's rad. Like, you know, you get get to see hyena when you lock down, and then all the all the good <laughs> stuff. So it's rad. It's basically like you guys are on holiday twenty four seven. Yeah, pretty much, dude. Like, it's hard to get into working mode. Like, you learn how to work on holiday, but yeah, sometimes you like you struggle, especially when it gets really hot. Because, geez, dude, I don't know. Have you ever been to Hoodsbreit? Um, I haven't been to Hootspread specifically. I think we've driven through there a few times, but I've been to the Kruger and I know that it can be scorching during the day, even at night. Man, dude, it's crazy. Like Friday, I think was like 38 degrees. What? That's insane. Mm. Mm. Our winters are generally like average 30 degrees. That is absolutely crazy. But I mean, in terms of... In terms of, uh, I, I'm, I don't know about you, I don't like being cold. So for winter for me is, uh, I just don't enjoy it. So I think I would actually enjoy staying in Hoodspread during the winter. Yeah, it is. It's actually, it's magical. And it's, I don't know, dude, like it's super nice. Like, again, a lot of people here also don't like cold. So, you know, when it's really yeah. hot or even if it's like, I mean, during December, it was, I think it was two degrees short of, it was like 48 degrees and mm-hmm. people still doing stuff. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Sounds like a great lifestyle. Yeah, so yeah, how man, have you last... been... Um... Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to have interrupted no, you there, Alex. Okay, no, no, awesome. Um, so um, you, where did you stay before you stayed in Hoodspread? Uh, Pretoria. 
You stayed in Pretoria. Okay, cool. Yeah. And um, could you just briefly introduce yourself to our audience and just tell them where you're from and what it is you do exactly? Okay. Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Alex Shapiro. I am a filmmaker, photographer, and I guess content creator. Um, I'm like, yeah, I have a production company that we specialize in creating content for everywhere from big brands right through to small businesses. Um, We do a lot of documentaries for NGOs and um, very adventurous clients and oftentimes get given the projects that are way above (laughs) our heads and uh, we try and achieve, (laughs) achieve the tasks no matter what. So yeah, I think that's, I, I, I hope that makes sense. I'm a storyteller. That's that, that, that's it. Yeah. A visual storyteller. Yeah. I'm a visual storyteller. And and general awesome human being. I would add oh, that. No, man. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, you and I met in Pretoria actually through a, a good friend um, of both of us, Chelsea, uh, mm-hmm. Chelsea Botts, um, at Epitome of Adventure. Uh, so you you stayed in Pretoria. That's kind of where I met you, and now you've moved to Hutspreet. Um, yes, I'm curious to know how that's actually affected um, your work and how you've been able to adapt moving from a city that has so many opportunities, um, and then uh, moving to Hutspreet. Um, how has that been for you, and how have you adapted to that? Hmm. This is a this is a very hectic question. Um. So, okay, I, I must preface this with first, I, uh, I gave a little bit of thought to moving, but I kind of, in my head, I was like, well, I don't need to be anywhere specifically, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to move and see what happens. Um, but work-wise, it's, it's been crazy because, so how can I say it? Like my experience of the bush is when I first moved here was zero. Like I was never a bush person, never thought about shooting in the bush. Like uh, give me mountains, give me ocean, give me, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the typical Instagram. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, So moving here was, I I quickly realized that like gear wise, I'm not geared for it. Like if someone's like, hey, go hike in the bush with no electricity for the next I'd say four days, I'd be like, I don't have enough batteries, you know, like that's, that's been the (laughs) the interesting thing. Um, But workers, it's what I found is I've had to create a market here because there's no, like there's guys who shoot. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, dude, it's such a fascinating thing because like technically there are, I mean, I'm literally in a town where every single person is a photographer and a filmmaker because they're guides and Mm -hmm. they're all wildlife guides. But mm. I don't like, obviously wildlife isn't my specialty, but what I have noticed is people don't understand content um, mm. and they don't understand how to create content that gains organic growth. Um, and it and it's fascinating because like I did it, I just had a client now where they brought me on to, to do like three months worth of stuff. And the one video that we did, I think it got, in two hours, got 52 shares on Facebook. I mean, that's Whoa. just on Facebook. Yeah, I know. I was like, what? Yeah. 
And now it's, I mean, the, the video is actually doing really, really well. And there's no money behind it. It's literally just been from complete organic All reach. Organic. All wow. organic. It hit like 6,000 views in like a day on, on Facebook. That's, like that's, given, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Like they don't have a big audience and, you know, just it, it's that kind of stuff. And I found that's the market here specifically is mm. if you can create films that get attention, it starts getting attention mm -hmm. of the businesses in the area. Um, but in that, it's also the style has, has allowed me to do more stuff that I enjoy. Like Joburg, I was shooting a lot of adverts and a lot of very um, – as a corporate type promo stuff, which is cool and I love it. Though here I get yep. to shoot more documentary stuff, which is a more, more narrative. Style. Yeah, which yes. is amazing. Like it's just it's been such a it's literally it's been like taken me as a filmmaker and like as a storyteller and made me go, Cool, well, you're first of all technically starting from zero here. No one knows you. It's a small community. People need to know you, which has tested my business abilities. Um and in just in all open and transparency, like it, it business wise, it, it's probably not the most financial. It wasn't the most financially smart thing to do. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I effectively started the year, um, I, and just the reason why I shared this is because I feel like a lot of people it, it could help people. Is that um, they could be in the same position at some point. Yeah, it could be. Like I started this year with zero. Like I went coming into Hoodsbrate with my company turning over close to like 200 grand a month. And, mm -hmm. now, you know, like if we make 20, that's a good month. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like, been a complete shift. Yeah. It's, it's, it's made me have to learn to become a better business person because in the cities you literally like, I realized I, I, I was stupid. I was stupid with money. And now mm -hmm. it's allowed me to go, okay, cool. How do I be smart with this? How do I, how can we A, get the project done that it's done really well with the least amount of expense because I can't hire gear. There's no hire houses here. Yeah. Um, and, and clients probably also don't have a, a big enough budget for that. No. And it, it's interesting because like I'm starting to do quite a bit of work up into Africa. And even like with last year, I did an American work for, this is going to sound so bad, dude, but I worked for Trump. <laughs> you work for Trump. <laughs> I, I legitimately <laughs> <shooting> commercials. <laughs> I was I was shooting for the American government and an NGO called Navac and an NGO called um Rape <laughs> Malawi and or Navac, sorry. I always get it wrong. It's very South African. And again, it was the same thing is you're in the middle of Africa, you can't hire gear. Everything is triple the price because you know, like it's just Malawi and it, people just yeah. You know, so, and it's like, it pushes you as a filmmaker. Like you can only take X amount on the plane. I mean, they almost didn't let me fly with my camera bag because they were just like, it's too heavy. I literally like shoved everything onto my camera bag and like an idiot, I put it on the, what's the thing where they weigh your bag? I Scale. Oh, and, and I was like, why did I say I'm taking this bag in? I never do that. And the lady, yeah. she, she's like, dude, this is 17 kgs. And I'm like, can't be <laughs> like, took the laptop out and they're like, so you're still 15 kgs. <laughs> so you had to sweet talk her a little bit. Bro, I literally looked at them and I was like, well, I've paid for it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, I cannot put this on the plane. This is this camera has to go with me. Yeah. yeah. And she, I was like, I, I can, you can take the, take the clothes. I don't need them. I need the cameras. But it's, 
it's like those tests that it's like, cool, well, yeah. financially, I need to learn how to save a crap ton so I can buy all the gear I need and how to mm-hmm. like reinvest. In, yeah, it's like diversification. No more rapidly mm-hmm. now. <laughs> I'm sure um, moving to Hootsprayt and everything that you've been experiencing has made you a lot better with using your resources and also made you a lot more creative around using what you have. It sounds like that's the case. Oh, absolutely, dude. Man, like... I literally have cheap lights, like these, they call them redheads. So they're like mm-hmm. super cheapos, LEDs, not the strongest. I'd say that they're very good for like filling lights. They're not to light subjects, bro. Okay. Man, I've learned how to light subjects with these oaks. Like there's no tomorrow. You Like the combination of these lights, natural lights, and like I, I've bought different types of materials. So I've got like very thick black material and different thicknesses, oh. white material to diffuse light and stuff. So I oh, can fantastic. bounce light. Yeah, man. Like, so I, I literally, cause like, you know, especially when you do documentaries and like interviews and stuff, people don't realize mm-hmm. like you actually block out more light than, than you ha- add light. So now I have like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, man. <laughs> it's been, it's been, a, it's a real, <laughs> it's a real test to the MacGyverness or the, the creativity that one needs to make these things work. Yeah, I hope you're taking photos of your rigs and then sending them to, um, there's an Instagram page on, um, uh, it's called Shitty Rigs. Have you seen it before? Oh, I have. I have. I actually haven't. I should do yeah. that. Well, go and check it out. Um, the, the, the rigs that, um, oh. it's obviously filmmakers that are just posting photos of their shitty rigs. Um, oh, my some goodness. Some of them are just ridiculous, man. You should see it. Okay. I'll go take it. <laughs> oh, man. That, that sounds cool. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Awesome. So what is, uh, so obviously your life in Pretoria and life in Hootspray very different. Uh, what is a normal day in the life of Alex Shapiro look like? Hmm. It depends. Am I shooting or am I not shooting? <laughs> um, let's do, let's do a shooting day. Shooting day will be generally wake up at 4am. Um, and then head out to wherever I need to, uh, here we work with a lot of natural light and also because it generally like to drive 60 k's can take you anywhere from two to three hours um because of gravel roads yeah and you're also driving through like a lot of reserves and stuff so the speed limits are like 30 k's 50 k's an hour so yeah and they they charge pretty heavy on the fines so yeah Mm. um but yeah generally like wake up at four get there um, run through the script again with the client and then we set out to make sure the shot list is there. We'll generally bushwhack through somewhere in the Kruger or somewhere in the Timavati or somewhere, you know, wherever we need to. Um, mm-hmm. And then generally shoot till about 12 from there. It just gets too hot, come home, d- sort out data, do admin for about two hours. And then what I'll generally do is, and it's a habit that I've been getting into is I try to at least DM or connect with someone who doesn't know who I am at least, you know, once a day. Um, oh, that's a fantastic con- habit. Yeah, dude. Like, um, I'm, I'm trying to connect with more international um, production companies because mm-hmm. of, I guess, I, I'm not necessarily a wildlife filmmaker. I'm, I'm, I guess, a documentary, like, director, filmmaker kind of person. It, it enables them to know that there's always someone here because there's a lot of TV shows and a lot of films and a lot of movies shot here. So For if sure, they yeah. have, yeah. So if they know there's a team in the area that 
caters for digital, they it, it, it just enables them to know that, cool, well, we know you here now. Um, yeah, we can push on this guy's button if we ever do need him kind of thing. That's awesome. Exactly. That's a good strategy. Yeah, and then it just keeps the connections open up also in like Joburg. I um, need to do Joburg a little bit more, um, but yeah, Joburg, Cape Town, and then I'm pushing more into Africa as well because there's, there's just so much opportunity. Oh, really? Hey, have you seen a, a big spike in opportunities in Africa? Um, what, which specific countries? I know you said you've done Malawi, but which other countries are, are you seeing an uh, uptick in uh, um, or a, a need for digital media? Um, so Malawi, um, Kenya, Tanzania, Nairobi. Oh, Nairobi's in Kenya. Don't mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, Zambia, Namibia. Um, where else? Nigeria. Um, funny. Uh, what's it? Is countries? it all tourism related? No. So what people don't like, you know, we kind of sit in a space of like digital. Um, and it's also something like I've noticed more and more with the documentary side of things. Like I, I shot a docky in Malawi that you won't, people won't see on digital. In fact, it's probably going to do like festivals and those kind of runs, but it's catered mm-hmm. more for investor market. Um, so like oh, okay. there's a lot of other uh, companies and stuff in in Africa in general like if i think of Malawi the ngo space is massive mm-hmm. or Rwanda like Rwanda's huge i mean it's not just tourism there's there's a lot of other things that if you're a production company and you have the right gear and you know how to make things work and you you know you can work in those environments you're actually doing really really mm-hmm. well um, and like Nigeria, yep. dude, you'll be amazed how many Nigerian music videos, like musicians come here to shoot their music videos from Nigeria. Yeah, I, I know. I've, uh, one of my friends re- was recently in, um, in one of the, the music videos. She, she was a, a dancer in one of the music videos. Oh, hectic. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So that's see, very so like, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, dude. Um, and it's also like sport. You'll be amazed how much sport, like I actually, um, got sent a brief to do uh, what soccer team plays is, is sponsored by DHL by DHL is it a South African soccer team no 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 it's a European soccer team anyway they went into Zimbabwe and they needed someone to to shoot them there with that and obviously at that time Zimbabwe was in a bit of unrest so I didn't um, a lot of that kind of stuff BBC like there was also a same thing also in a mm-hmm. they they actually pulled the project and they said, look, we need to just whoa. Um, but there's a lot of scope for uh, I guess you're as an African know the 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 areas better. You can navigate them better than someone who's from Europe. A European mm. will generally get a fixer, which is someone that will like guide you and take you around. Whereas we can we can get a fixer but it doesn't necessarily have to be like we can figure like, we understand the culture a little bit better. I think that's, you know, like it's us going to Europe. Yeah. There's certain nuances and things throughout Europe that all Europeans understand. That. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's just, it's easier for a, a company, a overseas company to get someone in Africa or in South Africa mm-hmm. who kind of knows those little details and nuances. So, so in, instead of getting a fixer, it could be it's uh, they get you. So you're the fixer and you're the the, the content creator at the same you, time. You would still get the fixer, but you'll pick up on things like certain um, 
how can I say, like, there's just certain Africanisms that it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird. Like even like in Malawi, I noticed it was quite funny how often they say, yeah, <laughs> like this, I meant no. They do like, like we yeah. say, yeah, that's, they go, yeah, they don't go. Yeah. I mean, obviously <laughs> there, there's a lot of British and American. Go, so, um, getting a client calling me now. Um, what's the word? Like there's a lot of British, like some of the kids there, it's weird, dude. Like they literally have American accents. Um, but they still say, That's very, very interesting. <laughs> it's weird. I've, uh, about a month ago, I was hanging out with this film crew from overseas, from all over. Um, and, uh, two of them, uh, Mika Berra, um, and Martin, they were from Norway and no i'm lying they were from sweden <laughs> sorry and um they 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 do the same thing they also they also say the yaw thing um but it's funny i get teased a lot when i hang out with uh, some international friends about the yaw thing they tease me all the time are you there alex are you still yeah can you yeah, hear me? can you fading in and out oh okay okay um anyway Moving along, um, I want to ask you a little bit about your uh, photography career, um, how you got started, uh, what got you into it? Um, what were you doing 10 years ago? Were you into photography already 10 years ago? 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. How old am I now? 29 now. So 10 years ago, I was on a construction site and busy building a BMX career. Um, yeah. Whoa, that's insane. Yeah, man. I uh, So I had experience from photography because of my BMXing. I uh, was very fortunate enough to do really well in BMXing in South African standards um, and mm-hmm. got to do that as a bit of a career. And I always we were always like shooting sections or having to take photos for ads and that kind of stuff. But I was never the, the photographer yep. or the, film, excuse me, the filmmaker. I, I would fiddle. And a lot of people would be like, oh, man, you got a good eye. You should try it. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm being a Mexican man. Don't touch me. Don't touch this. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I just never had the attention span for it, I guess. I, my focus was riding then. Um, okay. And, yeah, I don't know what happened. Um, I built a company and everything. And then eventually, like, I just – I basically just got to the point that I was like, I need something that fulfills me creative, creatively and then I can make a living from mm-hmm. and travel the world. Um, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. saw filmmaking. So it was a very much a, mm-hmm. it was very much a, um, um, a planned and kind of a logical thing for you. You, you saw, you had these three, um, factors that you wanted, mm-hmm. the creative fulfillment and the traveling, making money. And, um, that just happened to, to be photography. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, and like, I enjoyed online business and I knew that if I, learned the skill it would only complement that um so yeah is that how you learned did you did you learn photography um online did you do online courses or did you teach yourself just pick up the camera and started shooting um a bit of both i uh i shoot quite a lot like every day i try but uh yeah, it was it was a lot of youtube tutorial a lot of finding people who could give me information which i find a lot of people don't like doing a lot of togs really like they'll share stuff, but they won't share everything. 
um, mm. which I found very frustrating. Like, especially, okay. yeah, especially what I noticed was a lot of guys um, who were actually almost like scared. Um, like they were just like, whoa, like, mm. no, I can't tell you that because you, you're going to be able to do it better. Um, yeah. Mm. Like it's at the same level or better. And then that means that I'm going to make less money or you might get the project. Exactly. Exactly. So it's very like, I think in yeah. competitiveness, they try limit the amount of information that they share. But I mean, now it's like, dude, you can find, mm. uh, I don't know. I just, it's literally the opposite yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, with YouTube, with guys like Peter McKinnon, um, I mean, they are just they're just so transparent with what they do, or at least I feel from yeah. from a viewer's perspective, extremely transparent with what they do. Um, and they're just that good that it's almost even if they give you all of their secrets, it's almost too difficult to catch up with them because they're just that yeah. good. They're so good. Yeah, and I guess also they've got different business models. They don't rely on client like doing client briefs and stuff like it's they, sure. they sell products they they are effectively like that was like mm. the vision that i had and is now where with the whole covid lockdown like i'm moving towards is they sell digital products and so for them they're not mm. competing with you in fact the more information they give and deliver it better the higher their sales are so that's also for sure and i think that because like you say that that whole transparency it has shifted like i see a lot of guys are realizing like you know i actually do need to start um um sorry i just cursed got a, a fright from a buck um typical hood spray just problem the problems yeah hey um but you're like people are realizing like they, they need to do um can I say, can I say like, you can't just be a photographer anymore. You need to be able to be a photographer, do workshops, um, sell certain preset packs, build audiences. There's, it, it's a lot more yeah. complex than what it, before it was like, I'm a good photographer. My name will carry me. Now people actually hire yeah. you on the information shared. Like with my socials, a lot of people hire me because I share a lot of information and they go, we know, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's that's really cool. It's um, it seems like uh, the more value you um, you can actually give to your audience, um, the the more I think exposure there is. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, um, you, you I I know from watching your stories, um, good, bright, and beautiful morning. Like that's already very much part of the the Sumshap brand. Um, I, sometimes I even get worried in the morning when I go on, on Instagram and I, I click on your, or I don't see anything from you. I'm like, is Alex okay? Is he still there? Where, where's my good, bright and beautiful morning, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's a... It's not a good, bright and beautiful morning without Alex saying it. <laughs> well, if you're not told, how do you know? <laughs> no, I, well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm stumped. <laughs> yeah. So um, the point I was trying to make is... Um, yeah, the more the more value you share, um, I guess, the more top of mind you are. And uh, if if someone does need a, a project to be done, who they're gonna think of? They're gonna think of of you, mm -hmm. you know. So that is probably the way to way to go. Yeah, dude, it it's. I think I think it is the way to go. Like you know, you'll never you'll never take away from the guys who are really really good and stuff. 
but I do think it it's mm-hmm. I mean I'd be terrified to be an old balina. Like I'm already terrified because every kid who's 19 who doesn't have to how can I say like they can be riskier with the projects that they take. Um you know yeah. like my theory is just I've got to make sure I'm better than them. I actually did do a fix up project now recently where these dudes sold this idea to to a client and I just, my first question to them was, did you actually show the client a reference of what you're talking about? They're like, no. And I'm like, so first of all, the client actually has no idea what to expect. You've charged a lot of money for it. And they were saying like, no, but it's not enough for this type mm. of problem. I was like, actually it is like you've charged for your skill level, you've overcharged. Um, and I'm finding mm. again, that that's also where kind of, I know it's a bit of a loop around, but where the older guys still kind of have a, a play is they, there's skills that no matter how many YouTube tutorials you learn, you'll only learn by experience. So, yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm very nervous for like these, these young kids though that are coming in and a lot of them are really, really good. And because they don't have to make yeah. as much money, they can hire gear to gain experience a lot quicker than someone who like myself, where I hire gear according to projects, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Don't know where that came from. Anyway, moving along. 100%. Moving along. Um, so uh, I actually wanted to touch on something you were talking about um, with this COVID, COVID-19 lockdown. Um, do you think that a lot of businesses um, or a lot of uh, entrepreneurs now are going to make a, make a mind shift from a more um, tradi- from the traditional kind of doing business, having a store, and think about doing a lot more online business now because um, even with myself, I've really, I've, I've always wanted to have an online business, but with this whole lockdown situation, it just kind of drives it home so much more for me. Yeah. I think there's going to be such a, um, people still want to spend their money. Um, so the big oaks like uh, Take A Lot um, and Amazon are going to be making money during this time because they've already got it in place. Yeah. So do you think that um, with this whole lockdown, a lot more people are going to move towards um, building their businesses online and needing content essentially for that then? Yes. Uh, in, in short, yes. Um, in long, I, in yeah, short. in short, yes. I think for, for guys in the, the sphere, it's going to be a very magical time. I do think a lot of creators are going to go out of business um, before. You think a lot of creatives are going to go out? Of yeah, business? I do. I do. What 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 do you mean by that? So, this is what's going to happen: is now imagine the entire world realizes that it needs digital content. So now all of a sudden, uh-huh. every creative out there realizes the entire world needs business. So they're all going to start they're all going to start fighting for the same jobs. And when you have seven guys promoting mm-hmm. for the same job, two things happen: one either the person that's better friends with the clients wins or two, the person that can deliver the highest quality stuff for the least price for the lowest yeah. price. Um, yeah. And I, I see it, it, it started happening already long before the COVID thing. Um, a friend of mine, he was a director here and he moved mm-hmm. to the UK and it was now recently, like a couple of months ago. And he was saying like the market has, it, he's stuck because here they expect you to be like, well not here. You can be a director. Whereas there, you have to know how to do everything from script writing, storyboarding, all the way through to 
to the effects. Basically, like a mini agency. Yeah, you, you have to know how to do everything. Or like an agency, not even a mini Yeah, agency. basically. Like, like, a, like you're the Sam Coles of the world. Those guys, I mean, they literally can edit yeah. right through to, to the visual effects. Like, they don't need a team. Yes, they'll have a team yeah. because it helps and it makes things quicker and more more efficient. But they understand the basic principles yeah. of everything. And that's what's starting to happen now is I think the world is going to start needing content a lot more, a lot more online with digital products going to come online and people are going to mm-hmm. be fighting and dueling for work. And it's, it's going to knock a lot of dudes. Yeah. So the moral of the story is the more multi-skilled you are um, and the more you can understand the entire, I guess, process of digital marketing, not only from a content creation um perspective but even just from an overall marketing perspective the better off you're going to be in the future it it seems like it might even become a necessity for people to um sharpen up their their marketing skills their story writing skills um their um what is the word um posting on instagram and facebook there's an art to that there's a strategy to that as well Mm -hmm. you know so it's not just a content creation it seems like people uh creators of the future are going to have to know a little bit about everything or a lot about everything yeah well i think that's you know people misinterpret this content creator thing if you if you're a content creator that is you understand digital you're a digital marketer effectively um and something something that i find interesting is i get these these kids all like i'm a content creator and you're like that's cool man have you ever sold anything online well, no, I'm like, well, then you're not a content creator because you actually have never done the process. So don't tell me what to do until you, like, I know it sounds arrogant, but yeah. like, I've just, I get a lot of people like sharing like, oh man, do this, do this, do this. And I'm like, okay, well, I hear you, man. And yes, that's great. You've got a lot of followers in me, but let's you and I do a post and see who buys this product. And the people that I have done this with, they've made zip. Whereas I've had people go, yeah, I'll pay for it. And I go, that's, it's, I'm not like, it's, it sounds very self like promotional, but it's just, it's the closest analogy I have is like, and I think that it's that thing of understanding everything from times to post to, to colors, what colors work best online? What, how much text should you have online? Um, If you make a film, like, Mm -hmm. will this film actually work with the audience that your client has? Um, And I think a lot of these kids, you know, they come up with these cool, like, yeah, wish transitions and all this boom, 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 boom. And you're like, that's cool. That's not the client's brand. And yep. that's that's a content creator. You're able to mold into something. Like shooting for Nike, for example. Nike has a very specific aesthetic. They have a, a specific color palette to their films. They have a very specific look. All their shots mm-hmm. are always hazed and always um, they use a, a filter that softens the image or they'll use vintage lenses to soften images. Um, you know, it's it's their look. Mm-hmm. And if you can't figure out a mold to yep. that, well, then, sorry. They're not going to use your no. content. No, basically. <laughs> so that's just, it's it's that, it's it's stuff like that that I think kids are just slightly miss, uh, miss, unless you're a content creator where it's, you make your own YouTube stuff and like your own TikTok stuff and your own, like that's awesome, but that's a different yeah. type of content creator. It's a different ball game. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So, okay, so this, this actually leads me to my next question. Um, if you think about guys like Sam Calder, they've got a very specific style. Um, and it seems like a lot of brands, um, uh, instead of 
them hiring you so you can create a video um, that looks like their brand. They want, they hire you because they are interested in your specific style and the way that you tell stories in your visual language. Yes. Um, so um, I guess, yeah, the point that I just want to uh, want to make or the, the question that I want to ask you is, um, uh, do you think it's important to develop your own style to a point where brands are more interested in working with you for your style than your adaptability to be able to work with theirs? I guess it's a it's a it's a push and pull as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, a yes or a no. It's yeah, it's look, I think having a it's a yes to you should make your own style because your style is what will set you apart. Like, um, how can I say it? Like I did a film last year, we did an ad where my colleague and I, we, we shot and it was interesting because everyone who watched the video knew exactly who shot what they were like, Alex shot that Ryan shot that. Um, because we both have very specific composition stuff. Yeah. They could see see it. it. So even if you do shoot like to the client style, your, your, how can I say, uh, um, your taste, your, your flair will still shine through, but it, it's that mm. ability to be able to still make it look like what the client wants. Um, so yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay. Um, but it is important. Like, so what like a lot of people don't, if you go look at Sam Calder's YouTube channel, it actually says cold media. You know, he shoots a lot of stuff that is not like, you'll never see it. That we'll never. See. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. That's, that's very interesting. Um, so in terms of your personal style and your way of, of shooting, Who's who's had the greatest influence on you? Um, who influenced your development and life the most? Um, oh man, ah, Casey Neistat. <laughs> uh, Casey Neistat. Full- you guys kind of look the same. He- <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been told this. <laughs> um, yeah, man, his his filming style. It's so frustrating because. I have a certain style that I really want to achieve and it's very much like the narc feel. Like if you go watch a lot of their films and their short videos and stuff on social, I, I, I love that feel. But I'm, for some unknown reason, okay. am stuck with this ability to do Casey Neistat style really, really well. I don't know why. I've not tried to copy it. I just, that's just how I film. I'm very story orientated and it's been a, it's been really, 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 really hard to learn how to make shots look great and how to um, really like focusing mm-hmm. on camera angles and understand camera like focal lens and in my photography, like it's just, it's been really tough. Like, I don't know why I think because of the energy that I have that often would relate into my films. Um, but then when like you watch back to like the, my, mm-hmm. my kind of beginning stuff, I look at the way I shot and I'm like, it's it's really good and yes it's cool but it the angle's dutch which it's just it it throws the whole feeling of the shot off so like when i say dutch it's like slightly too angled and even same with photography like i'd sometimes look and be like that actually should have been a bit closer that should have you know and as that style develops obviously yeah like you're learning the little you've learned like learn how to get over it but that's i could say he's been the biggest influence Hmm. definitely Okay, awesome. How would you define his his uh, style of filmmaking? Smarter than you think. <laughs> um, 
Smart. <laughs> I love yeah. That. His his style, you know, what a lot of people don't they forget is Casey Neistat is a award winning filmmaker. Like he's you know, he's he's it wasn't like he didn't just start a YouTube channel. Like Casey was a documentary filmmaker. Um he worked for Natchez. I think he worked in some of the Survivor episodes. Yeah, he did, dude. He's done so much. Like, I mean, yeah, like, and he's worked for so many companies: New York Times, Nat Geo. Um, like, you know, like he's that. He's 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 a very. I mean, the fact that he sold sold a show to HBO. I mean, come on, you know. Yeah, it's massive, that's dude. Um, so he understands yeah. like his films when you actually watch them and you break them down in a kind of a lecture style you know everyone's like oh he's a sporadic dude and i'm like uh-huh. i would always look at him and be like for someone who's super sporadic his office is very clean and very tidy and very meticulous and he himself is meticulous mm. and people that i've met that know him are like he's actually very meticulous like he's very very like mm. boom, boom, rigid like this is this is what 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 and like he doesn't just yep. put a camera down and use an like he didn't just the first what the first camera he used was an ATD. He didn't just use that and didn't just put on sunglasses. He knew he could have a flip out screen, so he didn't need a monitor. So he made his rig smaller. Um, you know, so okay. and then he knew that it's a slightly lighter camera, and he could use there's a lens that he used called the ten to eighteen mil. It's it's an image stabilized lens. He never would go lower than a focal, like a. a aperture of like 4.5 5.6 because he would always be super close that that lens mm-hmm. allowed him to be much closer to the camera so the mic didn't have to pick up background audio it, it's those little things those little nuances that people don't oh. realize or like subtle, subtle nuances. nuances and that the lens zoom yeah. he used to do um you know that he's able to hide a transition like he would always turn his lens to like bring you closer to him when he spoke about something serious there's oftentimes he would actually, ch- you would see a lens change. Yeah. Um, like, you'd be like, how, I always used to look, I'm like, how did he get from that far away to all of a sudden here? And I'm like, well, I suppose when you turn the lens, it's, it's as if it's like a zoom transition. So you could actually change focal lens and do the same thing again. And then it's as if you never change the lens and just cut it in post. Yeah, that's insane. It's, it's it's those little things. That's really yeah, really man. clever. It's yeah. Uh, I I guess getting uh, getting creative with your gear. Um, I I'm definitely a, a gear nerd. So um, yeah, I'm actually quite interested in knowing what what are you shooting uh, with. I use moment? a Fuji XT3. Fuji XT3. Okay, nice. And you were shooting Canon before that. Ooh, bro, you there? I'm under. You there? Can you yeah, just repeat you that? Sorry, you broke up there a little bit. Okay, cool. Um, so you you're shooting with an XT3, Fuji XT3, right now. What were you yes. shooting before that, Canon? So how, why did you move over to the Fuji um, um uh, system? So I needed something that could re- take really good photos and video. Um, and I needed something. Fuji's color science okay. is really, really, really good. Like, you know, Canon's is Canon is known for their color science, but in the cinema world, Fuji's known mm. more. Like, Fuji's color science is just it's it's magical, dude. Um, 
Yeah, like there's often wow, times okay. like you'll take a photo or you shoot a shot and you don't have to color grade. Like I have films now where I shoot on, a, I build like a picture profile and that's it, dude. I just make sure my exposure is correct every time. Mm-hmm. I don't need to color grade. Oh, wow. So it actually, um, it helps with your, your, Much, your workflow yeah, post. Because you know, like a lot of people don't realize like that's cool that it can record internal 10 bit, but 10 bit, when you're shooting 10 bit at 400 megabits a second for, it, it's basically like the computer now has to try and eat four sandwiches as opposed to one. You know, it, it's going to digest one a lot quicker. So if you shoot mm. in 8 bits, which is what most cannons shoot on, um, you don't necessarily actually want to shoot in mm-hmm. log because it'll it'll actually mess up your footage. Um, so, yeah, so it saves a lot of time if you don't have to shoot in log and it, you then also don't have to play with your ND filter as much because, like, you generally can shoot very dark and, like, on a 400 ND and then, like, boom, winning. Like, so it's just, it's time savers that made me move to the Fuji system. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm quite a fan of Canon um, and I'm looking at, uh, well, when the new R5 launches, I'd be very interested in getting my hands on one of those and playing with it. Um, and I just, so, so what, what I kind of just um, heard through, you know, listening to podcasts and tutorials was that Canon's color science is um is much well it's it's more natural and it's easier to work with um post and that um other other cameras are a little bit more finicky you have to do a lot more color grading but it's interesting what you're telling me now um is exactly the opposite of what i've heard so that's a very you know what the thing thing is though is you're talking about consumer cameras so the r5 yes it's the it's a pro camera but it's a prosumer camera it's not a it's or i don't know if that's correct but it's like, why do they not use the Canon then for big feature films? They use Alexas and they use Reds and they use Aries. Yeah. Because the colors from those cameras mm-hmm. are far better than, um, you know, like well, they'll yeah. use like the cinema cameras, like the Sony FX9s, which have just come out, um, or the Canon C500s. Um, but then they're shooting in RAW. So it actually doesn't matter what the color science is. Yeah. You know, it's these little things that people seem to to forget. Um, and even Sony users, like really good Sony footage is often not shot in log. It's a preset, like a person's built the color that they want. Um, and like Canon, yes, Canon's colors mm-hmm. are really, really good. They do handle skin tones really well. So I will not deny Canon that. Um, I've just found that and chatting to a lot of guys in the cinema world, they prefer the Fuji's color science because it's designed to imitate film, the film simulations, which is what you want anyway. The way it interprets the mm. skin tones, I often find yes. it's a lot more of a, it's, it like future proofs you a lot more. Um, like you're, you'll always have like mm. a timeless mm. look to your stuff. And it, it reads certain, like it reads skin tones for me personally, I find it reads the skin tone a lot better than it does like cannons do. Um, and I, it just, it, I can't explain it. Like, you know, everyone's like, Oh, well, Canon, you know, when you color grade, you know, like it, it, it moves and works really well. And I'm looking at them like, that's cool. I don't need to color grade. 
you know, like it's that going like, yeah, it's just straight out of camera. Straight it up, looks dude. good already. Literally, it a little bit like weird, it's dude. not even tweaking, yeah. dude. Like you just, you just, oh, you, you, you make like a, I'll set my exposure. And if I compare the two shots, you will probably have to tweak the Canon shot. Like you'll have to up the shadows a little bit because it shoots a lot darker and it's dynamic mm. ranges. I don't know. The Canon's dynamic range. It's, it's latitude is good, but I wouldn't. Like, I don't know. I just find the Fuji's just looks, it's got a very good look to it. But that R5, though. Okay. Mm. So for any aspiring. That R5, dude. Is that so R? Nice, though. I have seen the, the R5. Specs. So good. <laughs> it looks good, eh? Oh, um, man. I, I, I got my hands on a, um, a EOS R the other day, and I'm in love. I'm completely in love. Um, so as soon as that R5 launches, I wanna I wanna play with that and see how that goes, um, and then depending on whether I see there's a big enough difference, uh, obviously there will be quite a big difference between R5 and R, but I'm I was pretty happy with the R. So um, I mean, as soon as the R5 launches, that'll probably become so cheap, mm. and uh, yeah, we'll see. I'll probably get uh, probably get one Charity. of those. I, I'm I'm stoked on both of them. I, I think they're good. Anyways, like for anyone out there, they're good. They are. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's more what you do with it more than your actual gear. That I've really noticed lately with myself is I think for a long time I had some um, some self-limiting beliefs, and I used the excuse as oh I need better gear. Um, I can't take the photos that I want. Um, I won't be able to get those photos until I get a better camera and then actually just going out and shooting and then coming back and getting the edit right, which is crucial. And then looking at those photos and thinking, wow, man, you actually did a stellar job with that. Like you, you've done a better job than, than you thought you could like stop using your gears and excuse. I agree, dude. I know what your work is freaking dude. It's become so good, man. I'm loving it at the moment. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's a lot I haven't even released yet. Um, and I'm just trying to uh, kind of just wait for the, I'm, I'm, I'm building my website now. And there's a lot of things I want to do before I start yeah. releasing more of that work. So um, anyway, Alex, I could talk about camera gear all day, but I just want to dig a little bit deeper into your mm -hmm. journey with photography. Um, and uh, maybe let's, let's get into like a, a bit of a, a deeper question here. Um, Mostly people just see the, the success stories, but to get to that point, it usually involves quite uh -huh. a few struggles and failures, right? So what were your biggest struggles on your journey to becoming a videographer and a photographer? And uh, could you just maybe walk us through how these failures and lessons changed your, your mindset? Sure. Um, wow, dude, that is a, that is a question. Um, <laughs> dropping dropping the, yeah, the, dude, the heavy bombs oh, now i had to think of a failure so last year i this time of the, this time i uh managed to get my perfect kit i actually built up for me it was the only thing i needed was an external like a monitor to record out to and i would have had the lens kit that i've dreamed of i had the camera i had everything kit wise and i had it for eight days and then it all got okay. stolen. Um, yeah. No um, way. I still wake up with cold sweats, like properly from it. Um, I think that could give anyone yeah, some man. PTSD. It's, it's 
something that's haunted me because it's it's taught me to realize like your gear doesn't matter because it actually does come and go. Um, but it's mm-hmm. also taught me how do I how do I put this into into words? Um, at the end of the day, what you're doing is still a business, and you need to treat it as such. Like, yes, we're doing something creative, and yes, it's mm. fun and exciting, and it's cool. Um, and I even think moving out here has taught me this a lot because it was literally two weeks before we moved, so it was it was like a lot of changes at once. A lot of things happening at the same time. I don't think I've ever taken this career as serious as what I think one should. Um, To me, I'm always just like, as long as I'm having fun and it's cool, but you know, it gets to a point where Mm. it's actually like, you know, you can't discount things you, you, because what if you had a company or like seeing it as a company and that's the biggest lesson I'm learning is, it's to build the confidence in yourself to know that you have a company. There are set rates, no matter what. Like, it's, yes, you need the work. Yes, you need to to make that money. But it's it's I, I equate it to building a house. You know, <laughs> a brick is either two rand or sixteen rand. It just depends on which brick you want. You can't go there and be like, okay, cool. Well, I want to negotiate this brick price. The guy's gonna go, yeah, sorry, man. You know, like there's a, mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of time that goes yeah. into doing a brick wall you know like it, it takes a certain time frame to build a house so you know like there's there's a, you can't yeah. go to a person and be like cool well make it give me a less of a price on it because like, you are sure i'll just cut out three weeks of labor your house won't be finished but you know and i find that's what a lot of creatives do including myself i still do it out of habit is you're like yeah cool no problem and you realize like shoot i've actually mm-hmm. got an extra three days that I actually need to build for, but I can't. And it's built, it's building that confidence yep. to, to go, hey man, listen, how important is this project to you? And a person will be like, well, it's very important. I need it for my business. So if I charge you X amount and you go, you're going to make, like how much will you make from this? Or before I even say it, like, you know, how important is this to you? How much is this going to make for your business? How many sales? Well, it's probably going to make like X amount. You'd be like, well, if you math that out, it's actually worth you spending an extra five grand or an extra 50 grand on your video because we'll be able to make it even better and it will make more turnover, won't it? And it's, it's you know, um, mm. and it's like that kind of thinking. Like you, you're not, yes, we're here to solve a problem, mm-hmm. but problems also have a price and they have a self-worth value attached to it. Um and also about the creative. Yeah. Yeah, no, carry on. I carry think on. a lot of creative. No, dude, go. No, no, no. I'm Sorry, not, Alex. I'm no, just please carry on. Uh, I think a lot of creators have um, have that issue um, and don't necessarily, especially when you're just starting out, um, you don't necessarily know how to charge or uh, have that um, self-belief and that confidence mm. to charge what you need to charge. And then what ends up happening is um, you undercharge and you, you work on a project and you start, um, you start hating that project because yeah. you feel like you're being done in, you know. Um, and also you're not getting the results um, that you personally wanted because for every creative, it's as much as about I'm creating this work right now and I want it to yeah. be special and I want it to be magical. 
And the client also has expectations of what they want. And when those expectations for yourself and for the client don't work out, it's a bad situation to be in. Um, and it's um, uh, like you just said, it's something that you could fix from the start by having that conversation with your clients, asking them, how important mm -hmm. is this to you? Um, let's spend the extra money and make sure it is perfect. And I think there should actually be a, um, a, a support system and a way to, to learn that skill as, um, as a photographer in the beginning. Um, how to, the, the more businessy side to it, you know, like how to ex match expectation and reality with your clients yeah. and for yourself. Um, actually, you've, you've actually nailed yeah. it very much. Like I think that's the, the biggest takeaway is, is match the reality to yourself. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, like with yourself or someone mm -hmm. listening to this, I, I'm, I'm an overachiever. Like I always want to give 110% in every project that I have. And um, my missus actually said it the other day where she was yeah. just like, you know, in a scale of one to 10, there's no 11. Um, you know, you, you're going to burn yourself out. Like you, you need to, you need to know yeah. what your limitations are as a creative um, and it's not necessarily just gear, but like it's going, this is what I have. This is what I know I can do because I've done it. Um, I don't know what I can do here and yeah. being straight up with yourself saying like, I actually have to charge more because maybe I need to hire an assistant or maybe I need to hire someone who understands lighting better. Um, or I need to quickly buy this course or this specific flair for Photoshop, you know, like it, it's, and it's understanding as a mm -hmm. new person, those barriers, like it makes you more creative because you really like, it allows you to see what you can do and where you need to go, you know? Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think that's the eternal creative struggle is just, I think every creative wants to do 110%. Um, and it is that spirit of, um, of innovation. That is essentially what creativity is. You always want to try something new and, go above and beyond um but yeah i think i think what your missus said was right you know there's no 11 out of a 10 um just kind of yeah i i need to learn that lesson as well uh just bringing it back to reality and, and matching expectation with that uh, yeah journey, dude, i think know? everybody's got to go through it eh? but it is it's a hectic journey and i just wish i wish for many creators to experience it you know or like learn it quicker than what i did <laughs> Don't, yeah. don't learn it three years down the line. For sure, for sure. I, re I remember um, the first time I met you, we actually went for mm. a smoothie at that coffee shop in Pretoria. And, um, and you gave me like such good advice, man. And it actually, I I'll remember that day for the rest of my life. Um, and I, I actually wish for every single aspiring photographer um, or some, uh, someone who wants to um, uh, start out in the creative industry um that that everyone has someone like you like i had oh, you and they have someone like that um and i want to bring up the importance um uh of having like a have you heard of the the, the yes. term having a mastermind group you have because you've read you've uh -huh. read uh, i actually read, just re-downloaded it on my kindle this morning so i could reread it <laughs> yeah i, I try it's it one again? of the books i try read every <laughs> year or bi-yearly It's a good book, man. I mean, I I actually mm. gonna start reading it's, it. Again it's a as manual, well. bro. Like, it's not a. It's it. Yeah, it's it's a thinking manual. I love it. For sure. 
So um, with the whole mastermind group thing, um, and that's quite important. And I don't know if, if you have a mastermind group, if you have a, a, a group of friends that kind of, you all kind of share, because that's, that's, that's also the one thing with creatives is not everyone always understands with photographers and videographers, not, not always, everyone always understands the struggles you're going through. You don't have the same struggles as someone mm. working a nine to five job. Um, and I think that can become very lonely. And that's when the importance of having a mastermind group kicks in. Do you have something like that, a support um, system in your life geez. like that? I want to think about it. I used to. Um, and now moving out here, it's, it's kind of narrowed a little bit. Like I have one or two people that I still like mm -hmm. chat with in that. Um, but I've, I think it's, I say that, but it's, it's like expanded where there's a, there's a book called uh, The Magic of Thinking Big, where he talks about like, he's like, in your okay. masterminds, you need to also have like occupations that aren't necessarily the same as yours because maybe their perspective on a struggle okay. um, might actually be the key that you're looking for. And I'm finding being out here, that's been more of the, I'm looking around mm. at the different, like I'm, I've got a close circle of people that are in different um, work situations and therefore give a very interesting perspective um, of stuff. But I mean, I, yeah, I suppose, I guess I do have a mastermind. I've got friends out in Joburg still that I chat to on a regular basis with that kind of stuff. So, yeah. 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 I, I think that's a really good thing to bring up um, is um, having different people, different folks, different folks yes. with different strokes. Is that the saying? <laughs> um and uh and just having that different perspective because yeah it's so easy to get caught up in your own bubble mm. so that's yeah that's good yeah. advice it wasn't, wasn't me bro just just passed it on magic um, thinking big <laughs> just <laughs> 100%, cool i'm gonna read that um i just want to touch on your 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 business and your personal brand right um it's called some shop um what does some shop embody uh, how did you come up with it? And um, what's up with the pineapple? <laughs> oh, man. I just love pineapples, bro. <laughs> I have an obsession with them. <laughs> what do you like about them? Is it is it the look and feel? Is it the oh, taste? Is you know, the, for me, it represents a lot of things. It represents, for me, my dream of, of the tropics. And it represents success in a way. You know, like when you look at success, it's this this bright object that actually has a lot of sharp edges to it that like oftentimes if you just grab it hurts you know it's it's something that you've got to you, yeah mm. you've got to gently mm. like cut it up and like one step at a time before you get to that inside sweet sweet goodness you know um oh wow alex that is hitting yeah that is, dude that's like hitting deep, i think that, that that for me is what the pineapple resembles is it's that, you know, it's, it's, and it's, it's a journey. Like you don't, yes. I mean, if you think of cutting a pineapple in the kitchen, it's generally pretty quick, but in reality, like it's still, you still have mm. to go through a process before you can get inside to the success. Um, and yeah. Mm. Yeah. I guess a lot of people think about success as just grabbing an apple off the table and having a bite of it. And I like the way that, your metaphor of putting it is it's like grabbing a pineapple. You can't just, there's no just like, you know, you grabbing can't. it with full force. There's, it has to be a bit more subtle yeah. and it has to I be mean, a have bit. You, have yeah, you ever seen I a pineapple that, farm? 
I've so, never been to a pineapple farm. Man, it's painful. What's it like? Like, I didn't know I was in a pineapple farm. I was like, oh, look at these cool ferns. And then someone was like, no, this, these are pineapples. And, you know, all you see is the top sticking up uh-huh. from the ground. And there's just a lot of sharp, like that spiky stuff. Um, so you can't just pick a pineapple. Like, you, mm. you actually have to make sure you have gloves on and long pants because <laughs> they are ouch. <laughs> yeah. And you've got to be ready. Yeah. Like the, the whole kind of thing with it is, I think that really resonated with me was I was one of my first, it literally it's three years ago. I was currently on that trip. Now it was my first proper job. Um, okay. and I was, I somehow threw myself into a deeper situation that, uh, it was very unexperienced for. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I was touring because, uh, we did Kuzuri Natal for six weeks in a, you're going to love this. I got to drive an X5 and uh-huh. I was tailing a massive Peterbilt truck. So it's this mm. American muscle truck with like, they converted an old bus into uh, a motorhome and then they made it like a trailer for this truck. And yeah, man, it was crazy. What? And we turned around for six weeks. It was, oh, man, it was, that sounds insane. It, it definitely gripped like the, the taste for being on the road and being unsettled was born there. Um, uh-huh. and I think that, yeah, dude. And I think that's oh, for me yeah. what the whole Sumshap brand is about was it's doing the things that make you uncomfortable because those are probably things you're going to enjoy. And like, it's, it's getting out there. Like I decided in that December that this is what I want to do. I'm, I'm going to make this filmmaking photography thing. My, my, like, this is, this is where I'm going. This is, I'm going to pour my heart, heart and soul into it. And three months later, you know, I was mm-hmm. on this truck. And I was like, you know, and for me. Yeah, you yeah. kind of manifested. As soon as you made that decision, it kind exactly. of just, you know, happened for you. It's, it's been a kind of a thing throughout my whole life, whether it was with BMX when I was like, I'm going to make this a career. Like two years later, I, you know, it was a career kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and I, f- I always felt like I want mm-hmm. to document that journey. And, showcase show people what it's it's taken. I mean obviously it's evolved like people I think tend to follow me now more for humor purposes like you know um and in a way I kind of I enjoy that like I enjoy making people mm-hmm. laugh it's it's something that's always I never had that skill when I was younger and like it's weird like I had to like learn how to be funny it was actually quite weird um yeah man um, <laughs> They have no Udemy way. courses on that. No, you now. see, I'm, I'm too old for this Udemy, man. I, I, I need to get on. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know. They, they probably do. do. They pro- sure if they it's do. not on Udemy, it's on Skillshare. <laughs> and if it's not on there, I'll just oh, thanks, give you man. A few I appreciate online it. Course. <laughs> um, yeah, man. But, but that, that's it. Dude. Like, I feel like that's the key. You want to be funny? Just laugh at yourself. People will follow suit. Period. And pause, and pause silently with yeah, an awkward face. For sure. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. but yeah, like, yeah, so that, that's, that's kind of what the brand or what the brand is and what it represents. Um, and then part of, part and parcel of it being in the tropics is the, the vision was working four hours a day and then being able to close my laptop and go do whatever I want, but starting where you walk off on the beach, mm. which leaves footprints. And 
that will allow someone else to follow your footsteps so okay. that they can create the reality they want. Yeah, man. Hey, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. Um, do you still, you were talking about three years back um, and that trip you did, that really instilled that sense of um, wanting to be on the road and wanting to travel. Do you, do you still have that? And to like, what degree do you have that? Do you feel like um, you, you've traveled enough now and you just want to have more of a home base right now? Or what is the feeling um, inside of you with that? Man, <laughs> I'm on you, bro. I just, I, I, it's a bug that I cannot shake. Like the desire to be, the desire to travel yeah. and see the world and explore and and just create in different areas is it's so it consumes my brain like i literally can't even oh man I, yeah, i'm like I, a, I use this definition like even now with this whole kind of uh, corona thing like I, I feel like you know those cats that just always want to get outside they just have to get outside get outside and the moment they get outside they just lie down on the floor and like sit in the sun like like that that's what I've, i'm like i'm just like man i just want to go i just want to go i just want to go and then get out and I'm, like, Poof, I'm out stoked and now i'm here like it's it's so funny um Georgie, that i, I yeah. think that as a just every day it just gets stronger and stronger hey yeah mm. i'm really i'm at the point right now i have exactly the same since since i uh, last year um I started traveling in February um, and I did that mm. three, four months tour of South Africa on my own solo. And since that trip, I literally that the exact same bug bit me. Like I always want to be out there and experiencing things, but I'm also really grateful for this, um, um, this opportunity now with the COVID-19 thing. Um, Cause I think I've, you I've, I've, the past three months just been um, running around so much and like experiencing and taking in and being in different places um, that I don't think I would have wanted to slow down like at any point. And that could have led to some burnout. So I'm, for me, I'm really glad that I have this month now to just sit and reflect and, um, and actually just plan what I want to actually do, be a bit more, um, Mm -hmm. uh intentional with my travels because i think for a little bit i kind of yes. forgot what i really was setting out to achieve and now i can really sit back and think about why am i going out there and what it's interesting I that you say that because that's world. you know a lot of people always ask like when's the next trip and all this kind of stuff and it, I, I i literally i'm so truly grateful mm -hmm. for for curse like her as a partner has been it's literally the best decision i've ever made in my life um and really really dude like she's she's talking really? so much and like you know i always talk about like going out and experiencing and seeing all these things all these things and first of all she showed me up like I, i'm not i was like a i was an instagram i was not an adventurer like she's taught me what actual adventure is like we got stuck up on, on a mountain the other day mm. and for us like it was probably the most romantic date we've ever had like it was amazing like trying to unstuck the vehicle and like you know, you, there's no signal. There's just you two and it's epic. Like it was just an epic time. And she's taught me that is like how to, to be intentional with, with the travel. Like since I've been with her, it's not necessarily like I want to go experience new places. It's like, mm. cool. Well, I want to go, I want to go travel to Asia, but now hold on. Let's go look at what mountains can we climb? What hikes are there? What are multi-day 
traversing things are there you know like let's go see the country in a space that people will not go because mm. it's just too hard and pushes you as a person so you're learning and you're just getting to be in an environment that that like that you know it's, exp- it's actual exploration as opposed to just tourist travel yeah yeah hey that's that's insane man um intentional travel i think is really important um yeah uh i wanted to ask you just a few more questions i see we're already oh hour no, and 10 minutes in hey it doesn't, actually it doesn't feel check. like that. I just like that that's crazy um okay uh let's just see <laughs> okay let's let's run with this uh alex so what has been what is the best advice that you can give aspiring photographers when they're starting out <laughs> shoot more models <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the advice you gave me the first time we met and it's made yeah, man like such it's such a it's... difference uh, yeah, dude, it's the biggest thing is just, you know, it's, it's, you want to grow, you want to grow fast on TikTok, you want to grow fast on Instagram, you want to do that, shoot more models. Like that, that's all I can say is it's, it's find people, shoot them because you will learn, you'll hone your skills, you'll learn how to direct a model better. They'll share their work because, you know, mega fan yeah. and you can really start testing and it just, and mm-hmm. also don't necessarily worry about what body you have, invest in lenses lenses will carry you like you know when i think about my mm. add for example on my camera when i had my sigma range the the photos that came off of that atd you couldn't tell the difference between a, a, a 5d mark 4 or the canon add but the moment you put the kit lenses or the, like general lenses on it yeah it just wasn't good enough like yeah it starts exactly. getting a little bit good glass, blurry yeah, just, and the colors you're aren't a, right. A, and, yeah. Good glass. Photographer, cinematographer, whatever you are. Good glass. Shoot more. Shoot more. Like, shoot more intentionally. Let mm-hmm. me say that. Um, that That's actually maybe an addition to what I, I told you a while back was shoot more models intentionally and shoot more mm-hmm. scenes intentionally. You'll, you'll mm-hmm. grow a lot quicker and you'll grow your business a lot faster. I think that's fantastic advice. And I've actually been doing that the past while. And I can tell you from personal experience, it's just helped. Um, it's helped me gain a lot of confidence with working with people. In fact, it's made me from where I was, uh, I can remember my, my first paid shoot, portrait shoot. Um, and I can just remember how nervous I was that day. And it's made me go from really being really nervous before a shoot to being so excited to be working with someone new and to kind of experience um, that new mm-hmm. energy because every single person is different. Um, I don't know what your approach is when shooting models, but I like to um, kind of just hang back sometimes because mm-hmm. you know, most people will ask you, tell me what to do. And I, I, I can't tell exactly tell you what to do. You have to be yourself and I can make suggestions along the way what, you know, aesthetically looks a little bit better. Yeah. But I just like to hang back a little bit and see what works with people. Um, yeah, anyway, it's just made I mean, such a big yeah, difference. Well, yeah, and I, I have always to really thank you for that. Note, that like I always, um, 
I, I often tell models to act out a scene um, or portray an emotion. Yeah, like I find, you know, models don't actually okay. know, they can't read your mind. Um, right. And I find a lot of times I've always missed great shots because mm. I've left it open-ended to the model. And now I go like, well, hold on. Picture this, right? This is what the scene I want you to act. Picture you have the DJ, you know, DJ the Marshmallow. And I'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine you have his helmet on and now you're walking around super spacey like you're in the club. But be, um, yeah, you know, and now all of a sudden it's like, that, first of all, it puts them in a funny, like it puts them in a better mood. They, the nerve drops and then they go like, okay. And then they act out. They're like, dance, mm. dance for me like you have that thing on your head, you know, like, and now all of a sudden the movements change, the, the way they pose change because now their hands can't touch their face. It has to touch the helmet, the pretend helmet that's, you know, so now they're creating shapes. Yeah, so oh, it's, it like okay. creates. I see. I see it's, where you're going. It, it, it's little nuances that will make your photography so much better that it, without even realizing. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Do That's it, bro. Really like, make them interact. Do, the, do the interaction as well. Sure. Let them like, you know, man, get in there. It'll hop them up. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Uh, the other day I did a shoot with uh, with props. I think that's also something um, that I've um, uh, just started thinking about recently about introducing and just instead of just shooting a model yeah. in location, it just put something in their hands and then have them interact with that. It makes such a yeah, difference. Dude, that's so cool. So much, oh, man. So much Good job. Yeah. So a quick question. Um, what is the best way for a photographer starting out to market or promote themselves, whether that be organic or even paid? Um, what's the best way? I know shooting models is, is one of the ways to fast track, but actually getting your work in front of an audience that's willing to perhaps pay for that. Jeez, how would you? That is you awesome. not a quick question to answer anymore. Um, you could do, there's a guy on, on uh, TikTok called Alex the Great. He, he, he does a thing where he approaches strangers and he's okay. amassed a massive audience and built a pretty good photography career from it. Um, so he'll be like, Hey, can I take a photo? Like he'll be in the mall and be like, Hey, can I take okay. a photo of you here? And then I can show them a page and whatever. And cool. Now that's a way of getting free exposure. Um, yeah, properly, properly. Um, yeah. And yeah. networking. And that, that moment will just stick out in your mind. Like if I was in the mall and some random person came to me and they were like, hey, this photo might look cool. Can I take a photo of you? Takes uh -huh. the photo and then drops me their business card. That moment will stick with yep, me for it's, it's months. A it's so out of the way. It's so extraordinary. Like, what, just, what do you mean? Um, so, yeah. So that, I mean, I guess that's, that's one tip. Because like awesome. the reality is if you're a studio photographer and you just spend your life shooting in the studio, what separates you from someone else? Exactly. Yeah. You're not um, And yeah. yeah. No, go. Interesting. No, no, no. Carry on. I've, I'm, I'm I've thought about, sorry, no, Alex, continue. I've, um, I've, uh, I've thought about like, because I like sitting in coffee shops and, and working and having coffee in general. Um, and I thought about like, uh, there's so many people there. Everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's kind of just out there to be out there. But no one's really talking to each other because there's no opportunity. So I thought, 
maybe what I should do is like make a very low key sign, um, black sign with white signature, definitely not bigger than my laptop that just says, Hey, I'm a visual storyteller. Yeah. Come chat to me if you want some free marketing advice. Um, and then putting that down and seeing who, who comes to chat with me, even if it isn't for any marketing advice. Just, Dude, that is. Know, I think you'd meet well, some very in interesting a, in a people. In kind of a way, my pineapple on my arm, like, okay, obviously, if you're listening, you can't see it, but I have a pineapple tattooed on my arm. That has been one of the biggest conversation starters ever. Like, yeah, dude, like a lot of times I'll sit in meetings and people oh, don't really? actually, like, they don't even want to see my work. They don't want to hear what I've done. They just go, what's the pineapple about? Straight up, dude, like, my, some of my best clients, or actually all of my best clients, that's been <laughs> the biggest things. They sit down, they see the pineapple, they go, tell me about that. And I'll tell them, and then they go, straight, like, they go, cool, you're hired. So tell me more about mm. like this. Have we thought about this idea? And like, it's so something like that is cool because it's unique and it's it's like a value proposition, you know? That's that's smart, dude. Yeah, it's that's yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that is uh, the, the pineapple thing is equal. I mean, I asked you what's up with the pineapple, yeah, so there must be some. That, some yeah, magic dude, like, to the I think I think that's just it's well, it's hard to separate yourself when you first start out. I mean, it is difficult. It's like you don't know your style, you don't know what you want, but I, I think that's where the preface of just shoot as many models or mm-hmm. shoot as much as possible because you'll learn what you want and you'll learn how to define yourself very quickly. And then that will able you to like mm. enable you to market um, and clever paid strategies, clever, clever paid strategies is there's a wedding crowd that I've seen. I can't remember their name now, but I've seen their ads on Instagram, on IG, on the stories and it's a video, uh-huh. but it is so yep. good. Like I, I looked at it yes. and I'm just like, I would hire these dudes to do my wedding because they're just, if this is the creativity that they can think of and the look, mm-hmm. I would I would get them. That's awesome. I think there's what you've just brought up with the whole Instagram stories marketing. Not enough people are doing it. I know I um, I see a lot of wedding photography um, ads, and those oaks must be killing it. Um, getting because uh, that's basically where where a lot of the, uh, uh-huh. these these girls uh, before they get married they look for inspiration um, on Instagram and they come across them. I think yeah, it's a very underused um, strategy to advertise your work. Um, okay, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, I want to do a few quick fire questions. You cool with that? Right. Uh, so just give us um, a must-read book. The Science book of Getting Rich. Any must-read books that uh, you would recommend. What is D. Wattle? It's a manual. Use it. Okay. And uh, how to have power and confidence in D. What is D. Wattle? That's like a hundred and something what years is old. What is D. Wattle? That's an author. It's an author. Um, and then... Oh, is that... Yeah. Uh, power and Confidence okay. in Dealing with People by... Oh, okay. I can't remember the author, but that's also a really good book. Okay, fantastic. Uh, thank you for those recommendations. Um, all right. Uh, for the camera nerds like me, um, we already know you shoot with an XT3, but do you have um, a favorite go-to lens that you enjoy shooting with? Uh, anamorphic. Uh, animal, uh, okay, so, any, um, anything anamorphic. Uh, like 50 mil um, but, or... Uh, just, the Sig- Sigma just, art yeah. lenses, any Sigma art lens. I, I love... My favorites was the 18 to 35. 
it was amazing and Spend i love it on. you can go super wide at a shallow depth um amazing mm-hmm. for photography like being able to shoot wide and and shallow depth is just there's nothing like it like it's amazing yeah yeah really, man it just gives you it gives you it real really perspective like at what you would photo, see hey. and i think that's so, cool mm. 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 that's really really oh, man, cool i love coffee um how many cups of coffee are you a coffee drinker um so how many cups of coffee have you had three. today <laughs> <laughs> okay cool uh awesome um so yeah just to end of this podcast could you leave us with some words of wisdom um or something just to inspire anyone who's listening right now that is on kind of the fence deciding whether they should or should not pursue photography or videography as a career is there anything you could say to them um to inspire um, them more to pursue this something to inspire them to pursue this don't mm-hmm. don't, don't pursue this <laughs> as a career just don't pursue this if it's something that you literally cannot wake up and not do like i i don't wake up a single day and not want to make a film and not want to take a photo like there's literally my life is images and and i just it, it it's burns mm. in your brain it, it's just this fire that you have every single day you know like if if you don't wake up with that and you you've got a doubt in your mind don't because it's 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 hard and you'll quit Mm-hmm. yeah mm. okay i think that's a that's a really good message to send to aspiring photographers and videographers are you working on any exciting um, product, projects yeah. right now Alex, uh, anything so you i feel like i'm gonna self-promote now I, I, so my youtube channel is a firing up <laughs> my, my youtube channel is re it's this is the opportunity up. to do I've that uploaded the first video <laughs> again today um it will be up uh, nice. It's things I wish I bought um, when I first started. Um, yeah. And then the next one coming out is how to oh, create nice. a home studio with just natural lighting and so on. And I got, yeah, they've got lots of different stuff. Um, yeah. And I just finished okay. up a short film um, called uh, a recipe for happiness with the chemicals gone. Um, yeah. That's that. I'm, I'm actually really, really proud of that okay. film. Um, if you go check it out on Instagram or on Facebook from a client of mine, Low Felt Trails or Low Felt Trails Co. Yeah, like I'm really proud of that film. Yeah, dude, okay. I'm so, I'm so like, it was one yeah, of those films where awesome. I went in wherever, like I knew it was going to be tough, but it, it's the best thing I ever, yeah, man, it's just, I'm so proud of it. I'm really excited to see that, Alex. Where can where on can the audience go and follow TikTok, you on Facebook, Instagram, on Facebook, Instagram. YouTube, uh, Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I'm TikToking. You're TikToking? I just, I just, I just started yesterday. So give me time. Hey, give man, me time. I, I just started. Okay, I'm a, but I'm going to be TikToking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. Uh, so I don't know when people are okay. listening to this, but yo, TikTok's where it's at. I'm, I'm there. It's a great <laughs> way that I can make videos about the photos that it takes. So, 
Yeah. Good. But yeah, man. Some yeah. chap. S-O-M-E. So your usernames on all those platforms? Dot com. No, I'm kidding. No, there's no dot com. But uh, <laughs> it's like those, those, what are those, what are those, uh, what are those, <laughs> those mu- that music where they're like, da na 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 audio jungle dot com. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. Dot com. <laughs> awesome. Alex, dude. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me today. Um, I've learned a lot and I hope that anyone out there that is listening to this uh, learns something from this. I'm sure there's a lot to take away from it. Um, and yeah, man, I just really appreciate you in my life. I appreciate your energy in my life. I appreciate good, bright, beautiful morning every single morning when I wake up. And um, oh, dude, well, thank yeah, man, you very thank much. Thank you so really, much. Really That's all I, you, I really want to I hope you have an over. awesome, thank fantastic day. Thank you. Oh, I'm nice. Good be, job. Good uh, job. I'm actually recording another podcast today. I'm good. I'm proud of you for doing this. I'm proud of you, man, because yeah. you've been wanting to do this for a while now. Yeah. So good job. So that's going to be quite cool. I have I have been wanting to do this for a while, and now that I have the time, I'm. I just think it's such a cool way to connect with people, because um, we tend to we just tend to. Um, it's it's easy to send people a message. Hey, how you doing? What you been up to? But nobody really has, it's not that we don't want to connect with each other. It's just that we don't make time. And I think this is an excellent way to just make time to connect with the people oh, dude, that I, I dig mean it, a lot to us and that inspire us. So that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> that's so funny. I still have no idea what I'm going to call it. Well, you can. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, geez. I don't know. I'm just sure <laughs> Come it'll, talk to it'll me. <laughs> also, I, don't, I actually don't know what you. Well, I, I know you're going to figure out the name and I know it's going to be amazing. I'm very <laughs> stoked and excited to listen to it. I, I have you saved and favorited. So, yeah, I'm keen. Sweet, dude. I Sweet. appreciate you, man. Awesome. Cool, bro. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you too. We all must right. make plans when all of this, uh, all of this nonsense is over um yeah maybe maybe okay. make, well, i'm i'm down here in cape town um i'm in stress by at the moment so um yeah whenever whenever this kind of lockdown is done i don't know i i don't have any plans bro that's a real to, thing to but even before that man you never know, get you on never a call again i like think it'll be nice to just catch up say hi sweet dude i'll talk okay. to you a bit later cool, cool man. sounds good you too bye bro Cool, Alex.